Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast. I am your host, Nicole Frolic, and I invite you to cozy up with me each week as I explore all aspects of the spiritual journey, spiritual biohacking, and expanding the mind beyond this reality. Remember that the collective awakening can start by planting one seed. So thanks for being such an amazing audience and sharing these shows with your family and friends. So without further ado, let's jump right into the episode and find out what we're discovering today. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enlighten Up channel. It's really, I'm really glad to have you back here this week. I have a new guest coming on the show. Her name is Patricia of the Keystone channel on YouTube, and she has had a very long road of healing behind her. And at 50 years old, she has spent the last 25 years utilizing an alternative health path when she discovered that the medical field really wasn't working for her. In fact, it was making everything worse. Her journey helped her learn so much about herself. However, when her path became more spiritual in nature, that is when the real healing really opened up for her, helping her to heal deeper issues of trauma, PTSD, addictions, and overall feelings lost as a child, uh, which I can totally relate to. (laughs) She now uses her YouTube platform to help educate others on the power of uh, healing and discovering truth for personal sovereignty. Patricia, welcome. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually very excited to be here. And I love your channel because, you know, you, you have the greatest topics. And, uh, and yeah, I, well, obviously I am a bit in a similar corner with topics like that as well, but more really related to healing. But I'm, I'm very uh, grateful because it's start to take off now. Yeah. Okay. So you're, when did you start your YouTube channel? Um, the first of January this year and, yes and oh. it was it, it came well it I, I felt already something coming but I didn't know what because I was isolated for so long no contact with people and um, I remember it was New Year's Eve and somewhere around uh, I don't know nine o'clock in the evening I was like you know what? I'm just gonna send. I, I'm just gonna set up a channel, and I'll see, you know, what I'm gonna do with it, just to to see. And then, um, it was still 2019 in America. I called in at Red Pill 78, and right there, like on the spot on the phone, I said, "I'm going to start a channel." And uh, I already had a name though, because. I was already brainstorming about that with other people and but now I just it just came out like it was not even me and and the next day I thought well you know I jumped in now I've got to swim so that's how it started oh I love that that's so awesome you know I find that when we act upon those instantaneous intuitive hits there's a lot of momentum that comes from that that I feel like spirit kind of puts, puts a little wind in our sails to help us forward. So true. It's almost like um, it wasn't, it was subconsciously action, you know, the moment I, and I was so nervous, you know, because I was in 2020 already, America was in 2019. And uh, I forgot to say, because you know how they always say, how are you? And, and you were not, I, I didn't even say like, oh, I'm okay, whatever. No, I just went with my train of, you know, I'm going to start a channel and this and that. <laughs> and so, yeah, next day I, um, I started and uh, yeah, that was the best decision ever because I really started it as a personal challenge to, you know, 
um, get out in the world again and to be in touch with people because I've been suffering uh, agoraphobia for 25 years and therefore I had no contact with people at all you know? Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is amazing that you're uh, able to kind of use this as a way to integrate back in. I know it was, um, uh, I mean, really, if people would find me outside, it would be like finding Bigfoot because yeah, they, they, I, I've, I never only buy groceries and that's it. And so I do have friends, many expats actually, and they come then sometimes from London, Barcelona, wherever. And then they are like, oh, come with us for a drink and this and that. And I always say, no, this time it was closer. And I told them, you know, this is unique. Just make a picture because, you know. And uh, so now with this channel, um, I was incredibly nervous. And the next day I got all this feedback and, um, and that blew me away. But that gave me even more courage to go on. And um, because I was literally also afraid of people, you know, that was kind of the last step that I also had to take this plunge into uh, integrating with society again. And so it's not like I'm antisocial, you know, because after 25 years of angerophobia, your, your world just becomes smaller and smaller and smaller and at a certain point you're used to it and that's your comfort zone and so by doing that I went out of this comfort zone and then and I was already in the Q movement where obviously you talk online with people but they don't see you they don't really know you whatever but so and you can see it in my first video I was all over the place but you know I like it to keep it there because it's it's for me it's a record as to my progress absolutely and yeah and the progress is mind-blowing in seven months my life has changed in a way that um yeah that that uh, i think like why, why didn't i do this earlier but then again you know how that goes you're ready when you're ready yeah yeah exactly oh my gosh that's so i'm so impressed and, you know, there are a lot of people who um, want to start using their voice more and interact more with the world yes. using something like a YouTube channel um, because it's interesting. I actually found it, it was difficult for me, like you. My first video, I leave up there too. And it's from like, I think it's from 2000 and I want to say 11 or 12. I don't know. Wow, and I'm like, I'm like 15 pounds heavier. I've got black hair and I'm under a palm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Talking about, um, manifestation and <laughs> it, you know, uh, my boyfriend at the time was filming it for me. He was holding the camera. Cause all I had was on um, one of those, uh, what are they called? Not, um, Oh, like they don't even, they don't even exist anymore, but it's almost looks like a phone and it's, but it's just a camera and it's got a red dot on it. Yes, yes, yes. I can't remember what those called. Anyway, yeah, um, and he, bless his heart, I was so nervous to talk in front of him, in front of a camera of just looking like an idiot. And so, of course, I sounded like an idiot and nothing was coming out the way I wanted to. And finally, um, I got into a rhythm and he filmed it for me. And I keep it up there too, even though like my idea of manifestation has completely evolved from where that was, uh, yeah. it it's, I like to see where I've come from. Yes. You know, it's yes. kind of like 
When you, when you go into business, the whole purpose of a business plan is so that you know where you started and you know where you're going. And when you get there, you can look back and see like all the progress. Yeah. And I think we shouldn't be scared of that older version of ourselves. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's, it's a really heartwarming reminder of absolutely where we're going. Actually, I think, um, for me, it's not even a business. It's, it's, and it never started that way. It was nothing else but a challenge. Personal yeah. challenge only to then very, very quickly turn out me helping people, having my DMs flooded with people asking questions and wanting help. I, behind the scenes, I help a lot of people uh, remotely, uh, counseling, doing that, because obviously uh, being in that Q movement, you discover that you're not the only one you know and so uh, I encounter many many people that have like similar stories to me but or you know the isolation the, the typical things you know and so then I um, you know they start asking me questions and now I, I just give them like um, ter therapy session kind of uh, ways to to start building up to you know, where we want to have them be for themselves. And I see huge, huge differences and it's so rewarding. And now with my channel, I also encourage people to start their own YouTube or, you know, at least participate for yourself because that's where it starts, you know. And now I'm here, you know, having this idea to start a website uh, and to give people healings for not this overpriced um you know, prices, because uh, you were talking about it last week with uh, Kaylin. And Kaylin, then, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was about the whole money issue within, you know, the alternative healing, um, you know, uh, thing. And so, and I know all too well how that is, because if you are not well, how can you expect, how can people expect that you have the money to even pay for like these overpriced things and people don't have to do it for free because you mentioned and that was actually something that helped me also balance out my thoughts regarding money and helping people because to me that's such a conflict and so you said something about um you know if you do it for free people tend to not put the effort in and that's true because i remember having that experience myself mm -hmm. and as soon as I had to scrape some money together to actually have a session of whatever I did that's when I did my best and you know and so that's uh um yeah I'm so glad I watched that show because that's the a thing that I definitely struggle with you know how how can you help people and at the same time you know you you, you cannot do everything for free I'm like in Europe and I help people in America. I'm constantly living in American time zone. Yeah. So, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, you were saying that. And I, I can see how that would get, like, for your time clock on your body can be a bit exhausting. So, what were, um, I'm curious, you know, through your own spiritual journey and healing, what was one of the more um, difficult aspects of your healing journey that, also tied into the evolution of your spiritual journey because i feel for me the two kind of really go hand in hand and there's 
a huge teaching available to us to not only just discover ourselves, but also discover our own power and abilities to shift our life, to shift our body, to shift our health. What was it for you that that really stands out on your healing journey that helped you in that way? Well, and this may come as a surprise for many, but or, or at least for those that are still in that process, it's only on hindsight when you can, um, you know, uh, make the assessment of what happened and how. So for me, it was h- hitting rock, rock bottom. H- hitting rock bottom is the best that can happen to you. And it's true because um, I've seen it also with my brother, to be honest. She, he was um, a heavy crack addict. I was the last one to let him go. Uh, it was very difficult. But the moment I let him go he didn't have anything anymore like literally living on the street and that's when he actually sought help and so those moments are significant to how you're going to proceed from there on and then uh, obviously from there on it's a, a huge struggle to crawl out of it but what do you, what do you have to lose and then there's even these phases where you think okay now i hit rock bottom and it turns out no you know the bottom is even lower and it can still go lower and lower, you know, but uh, eventually my spiritual um, development came when I gave up on the regular uh, health uh, system because uh, I didn't get any help there. And so that's, and, and I tried everything and i mean literally everything so at that moment you're alone and all you can do is figure it out for yourself which uh, i did and and that in a way um um how shall i phrase that in a way it gives you a sense of surrender and that's when you go for it and that's when you know there is no other way than you know your own responsibility um set aside the whole victimhood because that's another part of that you need to discover that you're in that and uh, and and from there on you you start moving and as soon as you start moving you become automatically more in tune with spirituality as well and uh, obviously i already knew i had that in me very strongly but i didn't uh, make use of it because for me it felt like I cannot do that because I'm not energetically in a good place and therefore you know that can also um, like backlash give you a backlash right and so as soon as I started to find that balance there I started developing it gradually with my healing my personal healing and the whole spiritual aspect, the intuition aspect became stronger while I grew. And so, you know, it balanced itself out. And, and ever since it only grew from there, really. Wow. You, um, you said something there that was really key and I've never um, fully given it enough weight uh, in my own awareness of how when we do kind of go on our own journey through our own health, there is a sense of feeling alone, but there's also a sense of regaining personal sovereignty. And um, and this idea of not being the victim, not being the victim to the system, 
uh, and then there's varying systems like layered in there. Uh, you know, the health system is only one, but that idea of like taking your own life into your own hands and your own control, uh, as opposed to just giving everything up to an authority figure all the time. And it's not that an authority figure doesn't have its place. It's just that we've really kind of tipped the scales to giving everything up to the authority figure and not building our own authority within. But that's also how we obviously grew up. This is our systems. This is what we know. Um, very interesting, by the way, because this week I'm a, a huge, huge admirer of Peter Jordison. Jordan Peterson. I always mix the two up. Anyway, he's a, a, a very intelligent man, comes from the science world, and now he finds himself uh, the, the last year uh, being completely sick because he's um, had a, this independence on biodiazepines. Uh, um, bio mm -hmm. And so um, he searched for all these same uh, systems uh, that he actually uh, worked in, that he actually studied. And so, and then he found himself, you know, being uh, so desperate because nobody can help him. And so uh, it was this week I saw the update and it was so interesting to see that somebody coming from the science field specifically, because they can be quite hard headed because you know, I studied this, this is how it is, and uh, it's like that, that then you find yourself so desperate that you, that there is no other way than to open up to, uh, 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 to surrender. And, uh, you know, you mentioned um, something else uh, in here about the, the victimhood, right? Mm -hmm. I, I mentioned that. Um, for me, that was when I went, um, at a certain point, I was pretty happy, you know, compared to where I came from, obviously, everything is relative. But um, at a certain point, I, I thought to myself, well, you know, I'm quite happy. I now want to get rid of my medication, which was benzodiazepine, which I used as well, so badly that I didn't even know it until I got out of it, how I was pretty much not on the planet for 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So when they ask me, you know, uh, in, in rehab, they go like, okay, so um, can you tell your blackouts? And I'm like, I, I never had blackouts. But then I realized I had a 10 year blackout because once I started uh, remembering like, okay, when was my birthday? When you, you, you start in conversations, you know, um, getting memories back of whatever you did or uh, anecdotes of what happened, I couldn't recall them. And that's when I, I realized only then how addicted I was for real. And uh, so that was weird. But um, at the same time, that's where uh, my one of my therapists I had there, she put me, uh, she gave me the folder, everything was in English. She gave me this folder the super victim syndrome. So obviously, what do you do when you get a folder like that? You get mad as hell and you're like defensive and you're like, that's not me, you know? <laughs> now I laugh about it. However, in the evening, I went to my room because I was there like for six months um, in Scotland. And so I started reading. I started to do the questionnaire that was in there. And I'm like, 
that moment, the epiphany came, you know, it was like, I'm a total victim for myself in my own eyes. And so I, it was, that moment was the life changing moment. At that moment, when I realized it for real, I could admit it to myself, obviously, because at the end of the day, you're there to help yourself. You know, yeah. nobody's going to help you mm -mm. because I already hit that part where I knew that I had to surrender. However, then you need to start learning where your mistakes are. And so once I saw that, I was so blown away by it. And like in, instantly, within a minute, as soon as I realized it, my whole life changed. My whole uh, outlook on things changed. My whole way of uh, viewing healing in itself changed. Everything changed. And that, I think, we can probably say that that was the biggest turning point in, in everything. That's super powerful because I've often, like, you know, there was a moment for me, I had a similar, not to the extent that you did, but a moment where all of a sudden I realized I just had to shift my perception and my whole world changed. The way I felt about the world, the way I felt about me, everything shifted in an instant. And there really is like that, instant kind of healing or a quantum shift as some people call it that is available to you just through the simple act of perceiving something in a different way mm -hmm. and you know when you were talking about um how when you were taking that that survey or that test that booklet and you realized oh my god i'm a victim and in that moment you like it's just like the surrender yeah i kind of i got a picture of the um the 10 of swords tarot card, you know, where the yeah. guy's lying on his stomach and all these swords are in his back. And I saw that as your ego. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, the moment she gave me that folder, my ego went out of the roof. However, and this is it, you know, you, you only when you're ready for it, you will encounter it, right? Mm -hmm. so because everything, if I look back now on everything, every moment, every epiphany I had because I had many of these type of situations because you come from very deep right or very far however you want to call it and all the same epiphanies I now know they all had to happen in that order in order for where I am now and and for other people that is maybe another way around because your system and your belief system work differently but um, overall uh, I can now, for example, look at people and I know after a while talking to them, what is their problem, etc. I know exactly at what stage they are and what the next step is it, to what they are ready for to do. And that because I analyze my whole road to of healing myself because I am very analytical mm -hmm. and and I love to know because it's it's a curious thing to be honest you know and so once I I started seeing all these moments in my life back uh, oh so that's why that happened at that moment and that's why only later did I discover this and that you know and so now when I help people I uh, for some reason I can read them very quickly Mm -hmm. you know their their belief systems and all that and so i also quickly know which is the first step to take in order to make this next step up you know yeah i have this card in my toilet that says you don't need to see this uh 
the the uh, the staircase you only have to make the first step and that's true because you cannot know what comes ahead which sometimes can make you impatient once you know how it works but i also accept that when something doesn't work out it's because probably i'm just not ready yet probably there's another step to take first and now i'm so good at that it's it's insane it's insane and you know for myself still daily i i yeah. just train myself constantly that's incredible you know i'm curious and i and i'd love for us to kind of go into this conversation a little bit before we get into more of the intuitive aspect here but um I'm curious what, how you, like, you know, having to detox that drug out of your system after having it for 10 years constantly in your system, you know, you're 50, you look fantastic. You look absolutely great for 50. And, you know, we can get into this topic of, I feel like, and I know this to be true because I've studied a lot on telomeres. I don't know if you've looked into telomere. Yeah. Okay. And I know that meditation breath work that all helps to lengthen your telomeres, which literally reverses the aging signs. Um, you know, let's kind of first talk about the, the drug detox and what you kind of had to go through and what sort of changes you noticed in your body, uh, throughout that kind of journey. And then we'll kind of get into the 5d age reversal. (laughs) Well, this is a very, very interesting Thing because usually people that go into rehab and you know they um, encounter all sorts of withdrawals and all that for me it was completely different than any other person and that is because I came out of trauma I was isolated and the day that I decided well you know let's go in rehab because you know I'm, I'm quite happy with myself. Let's just uh, uh, get rid of that. So um, I went to Scotland, which is here covered by the insurance. So, well, at the time it was now, it's not like that anymore. However, um, uh, I, I had a boatload of medication to get into the airplane, obviously, because I was also anchorophobic, which was for me probably a bigger problem than the whole addiction itself, although the addiction was pretty severe. And uh, because next to that, I also used Coke. So I had these upper and downers, upper and downers, because I took the, the, the Xanax to, to completely numb myself from that constant anxiety to then use um, uh, Coke as, as to, to keep me awake. And not in an excessive way that most Coke users do. It was just like, you know, I need to be awake as well. But um, so what happened, <laughs> is something I never expected to happen because I didn't think of it, which was coming into rehab, the the moment I arrived, I will never forget, all of a sudden I was surrounded by 70 other addicts. Well, imagine that eight months before that, the whole past eight months before I arrived there, I didn't see a human being. So I skipped the whole thought of the social aspect, the people aspects. Now that freaked me out. That freaked me so much out that um, somehow I didn't even feel the whole detox, the whole uh, withdrawal because I was so busy with these 
managing these surroundings of people around me, you know, I was immediately a target as well. And so I was um, very much bullied at school. And there in rehab, I found myself being thrown back in the school time where all these women bullied me. Um, I don't know why my English, well, because most of them were Dutch and my English is quite good compared to theirs. Though they, they, they um, accused me of being cocky and thinking that I was better than them, but I had no social skills whatsoever, you know? And so I needed, for the past 20 years, I've been like isolated. So here I am finding myself with all these women and then also guys all attacking me and bullying me and doing all sorts of stuff, like grown up people doing all sorts of stuff because they're in their frustration of detox you know, and so they need something to, to, to get. And so I, I found myself thrown back into the school time where I was bullied. Only this time at the school time era, I used to let them bully me. I let them beat me up. I let them call me anything they wanted. And now what happened was I went to the complete other extreme. Now I went completely aggressive. I, defended myself so aggressively that they had to do an intervention between me and everybody else you know it, it i only had two three people in there that actually were my friends and that tried to protect me from all the onslaught i got every single day so you're there for your detox right but i didn't get the first Four months, I didn't get to work on anything drugs related or addiction related. All I was doing, trying to find all these mechanisms that I was in when I was young and try to how to figure out how the hell am I going to manage this because I had no clue. And so, um, yeah, I was the most hated person there. And, you know, purely because I just didn't have any social skills and I came across probably in a way that I, I didn't know. I, I just, it was one big trauma. So I didn't notice anything of my detox itself because I was just busy fending off bullets kind of. Wow. That's incredible. That's, um, you know, it's amazing. That just goes to speak to the power of the mind, first of all. It's, well, wait, this in itself was a div divine intervention. Uh, somehow this had to happen. Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost in a way like, um, like the drugs in a way got you to the place to finally face a deeper, a deeper fear within you. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, you're numb like for 10 years without actually knowing it. Because remember the first four months when it's benzodiazepine, it's, it's worse than heroin really to detox from, they say. But I didn't notice anything about it because my mind was constantly busy. Because remember, you're off that. You have your anxiety, which increases obviously due to the fact that you don't numb yourself anymore. Mm -hmm. But you get attacked on a like all day long to the point where you have group therapy sessions that they actually refuse to have me in there. You know, wow. it was, it was like being in high school 
like that, that type of, and pure adults that would treat me like this. It was to the point that even the therapist didn't know anymore what to do. They said they have never seen anything like it. And um, yeah, that was beyond something they've ever seen, actually. Um, uh, they said as well, um, it was literally like people wouldn't engage with me during therapy sessions. When you help each other during group sessions, you need to give each other feedback and all that. They just refused to engage with me uh, all out of hate. And it was, for me, I couldn't understand it. For me... Did, did you as a child feel unseen and invisible? Absolutely, yes. So that was being brought up to mirror to you the very deep wounds that needed to be healed so that you could spiritually see that, that that was coming up to create, it was, you were literally creating that reality for yourself so you could be aware that it's still underlying and needs to be healed. It's almost like though it came in like on steroids. (laughs) It was, it was, it was so in itself, it was a bit traumatic. However, because then you think, you know, you're like cured from your um, uh, addiction when you uh, come back. And, but what happened was, you know, you had these, um, like every week there is a person of the community in there, right? Because it's a, it's a huge clinic, it's a castle, it's in the middle of nowhere. And so you, uh, there are people that have behaved well and they did well and they had made progress. So they become um, most improved person of the week. Yeah, you had that. And obviously, uh, and people also vote for that. Now, clearly nobody ever votes for me because, you know, uh, it was to the point I even had therapists against me. And that had probably everything to do that I just didn't know how to deal with so- social, you know, ways. And, and I saw a lot of dishonesty in, in that too. And so I... I mean, really, I acted out like there. It was beyond normal. Plus, wow. I was also on antidepressants, which was taken down as well. Now, that went way too fast uh, to the point that I found myself that was four months later, uh, I wanted to hang myself on a tree and I had no control over my mind, over nothing, which I had another crisis invention, in, intervention there because uh, that's when the psychiatrist realized this is going way too fast for her. I, be, I became crazy, like literally, I, I wanted to get out of my skin. I just wanted to hide out of my skin. And at a certain point I found myself in such a desperate moment and I had nobody and I was already used to being always alone. But in this time, uh, although you're around so many people, I didn't know where to go. It was the, the skin crawling anxiety and so, uh, that's when they had to put me back onto antidepressants. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, it was too dangerous. Um, in the meantime, I didn't get any benzos or whatever. Um, and so uh, what happened then was that, um, well, slowly I came back a bit to a stabilized uh, moment. And that's when uh, everything turned around that uh, I remember, I will never forget that uh, the last week no last week of my stay there i was the most improved but actually it was uh three weeks before i left um the whole community called me the most improved person and i got along with everybody and everybody got along with me so wow 
in itself was not about rehab and getting rid of drugs. It was about um, changing my past. And, mm. you know, and so obviously, as soon as I arrived back home, the first thing I did, actually, I already did it before I left Scotland, already called my doctor to get Xanax because I was scared out of my mind. However, um, obviously I didn't take that much anymore. And I, I knew now um, that also everything was different. Um, that was also when I realized, you know, I do want to get rid of this phobia because I already gave up. I mean, I was 20 years into agoraphobia. So what are you going to do? You know, at a certain point, you arrive at this point where you're like, well, you know, I just learned to live with it. No, at that moment, I had hope again. I wanted to get out of it. I wanted to fight for it again. And uh, obviously, I had a lot of hurdles to still overcome after that. And you know how I got off the Xanax eventually? Only eight months later, when I had my first energy healing and... Um, so a remote healing no less i cried for three days and literally from that moment on i i didn't have the craving anymore it was gone wow i stopped point blank was there anything specific within the healing that you can recall that you think was attributed to it or yes yes it was um the uh there, there was something around me that made me feel like I was like in change in chains mm -hmm. my whole life like with my back against the wall that feeling I, I only then did I realize I never knew anything else until I got sort of freed out of that that's why I cried for three days because that's when I realized oh my god this is how people feel their whole lives and I didn't even know there is this feeling of freedom I could feel my surroundings well i felt literally like i was in chains my whole life like a prisoner and so uh and that was so shocking to realize that um i never knew what freedom was mentally or physically which i cannot explain because it's an energetic feeling no i i think like yeah it makes a total sense to me i totally get it that well you know what we don't realize is how much our mind can put us into bondage physically as well as um, mentally and how that can affect our, our daily lives. Yeah. And you just took on like a very extreme example of really what this entire world is experiencing in many ways. Um, you know, this kind of slavery to the matrix system that we're trying to break free of that we're trying to expose to other people who don't even know they're a prisoner they don't even like you, it's so interesting that you didn't even know like to me i feel that empathically i feel the when you were saying you were crying for three days you're like oh my god people actually feel like this like this is what freedom feels like that i felt empathically i feel all through my body right now but it's it's you know when you take that to a, a level where we're looking out at the world, these people don't even realize that they're slaves. They don't even realize how imprisoned they are to a system that they think they're free in. Well, yeah, but I think I know what you mean because that's, that's, that's a complete oblivion, right? However, in my case, because I met my boyfriend at the time in rehab, but we had an instant soul connection. It was, um, 
now on hindsight that we're not together anymore, but we were together for six years. Um, our relationship had a purpose, which was healing. He was much more to the feminine. I was much more to the masculine. He was much more sensitive. He dared to show his emotions. I couldn't at all. I was just like, I need to protect myself at all costs. And so he was really good at seeing things that, I mean, most people don't see the empathy that he has and the way to tune into people. And so that day, um, when I had that healing, he came here because he lived in another city. So we never lived together. Uh, and so he, he came in my house. We were already together. Like, I think we were probably like two years in or maybe one and a half year in our relationship since the rehab. And so um, he comes in, I open the door and he goes, oh my God. And I'm like, what? And he said, you see me. And immediately I knew what he meant because I would see, I would look, but I never saw. I was always, it would, there was this glaze. And he said, and so I kissed him, you know, like when he comes in, I kissed him. And he goes like, holy crap, you know, he goes like, uh, I actually, you actually felt that, you know, you actually were present. And, and when he said that, I started crying. That's when the three day crying started happening because that's when I realized that I was not conscious of me. I was not conscious of anything. I, I was a zombie. And and I was that my whole life because I always felt like I didn't belong, you know? And there was no safety either. And I didn't want to accept that I was born at all. You know, I have said this multiple times over my life. And I, I just didn't know how to find my way in that. And so when he said to me, you are here, instantly I knew what he meant. Because for the first time I, I noticed that I was present i was a being i was me i was here i saw with my eyes instead of looking or you know i could see instead of um you know always thinking in ahead or in the past but never in the now that that moment was so that there was another one of those huge epiphanies i had many of these I think like it's very interesting because I'm kind of I mean that you it's interesting because we know a lot of this information that I'm going to like talk about uh but sometimes we don't realize the severity of the impact that it has on us so you telling your story is really making it's driving home the um the impact the severity of the impact of what social distancing does to us as, as a human race, um, just what it does to our own ability to stay present, to feel, to be conscious in this reality. Yeah. Like yes. your, your story is like an extreme example, but it's perfect because it really highlights where it can go. Well, and that's what I realize now, because now I look back and everybody's like, Oh my God, you helped me so well. And it, 
just comes natural, but probably it is because it was so extreme. And probably it is because I also am very analytical and I can look back and I do it regularly, like looking back, like what, what happened, you know? And it's like, that, that's mind blowing, you know? Plus um, I came indeed out of an extreme situation that not, that nobody actually experiences in a way that I do because I literally was a hermit. You know, it's interesting because when we talk about this idea of like who we can help you, everyone has a life path and you have a life path to learn these lessons to eventually become a teacher in some capacity. We're all students and teachers and I say this all the time, but what a lot of us don't understand is that we're like, well, who am I going to help? And I'm like, you're going to help whoever's the older version of yourself. Who is yes. the older version of yourself? And there's a lot of people out there who are going through very similar experiences. We all like are learning very similar lessons, maybe in a little bit of different context or, you know, all of that, but it's all the same stuff. And, um, I, I just, I love how your, your story is so helpful at this time, considering what we're all going through and what, what I what we call like maybe the deep state is trying to impose upon us about like this social distancing and the ridiculousness of it and how social distancing from what I understand isn't even a scientific like term study. It came from a kid who's did a science project fair and never like backed it up with anything. And they took that term and now we're using it. It's not scientific. It's not proven. Here's another interesting thing, because everybody's going hysterical with their social distancing, yeah, and being at home, because, you know, we couldn't eat, you could, you could only go out or whatever. And I thought, here's another divine intervention, because for me, nothing changed, because I yeah. still have angoraphobia. So for me, the world is not different, actually. I went out during those times because for me, it was That's like, oh, it's like everybody stayed home so I can now finally go out kind of feeling, you know. But then I, I figured so many people now see what my life is, but they couldn't understand how I was still happy because for me, nothing changed. And so in, in that sense, right? Uh, and so... Uh, the thing is, what the beauty about what happened here is the whole, you know, Kung Flu uh, is that people got to sit with themselves. Yeah. And, and I think that was actually a good thing because, you know, again, the divine intervention, it's like, how, you know how many people woke up in these past months? And I mean, thousands and thousands because I made a thread on uh, on Twitter about the Great Awakening, how to deal with it. And that got me like over 6,000 followers, all brand new awakened in the past months. And that's when I thought, you see, this had to happen, no matter how we perceive it as being negative, deep state, this and that. But we're in a moment in life where apparently um, things are changing. We're going towards these golden age, as they call it. And so the, the energies of the earth are changing mm -hmm. and we are changing with that. Our DNA is changing with that. And therefore it was a divine, a divine intervention yes. in, in the sense that, you know, what do you call it? We have an expression for that, like, um, uh, like when you have an accident and then it turns out to be actually a lucky thing. Mm -hmm. 
you know? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, like a, a, a positive happenstance or some sort of like yeah. happenstance. I don't know what it's called exactly, but some people call it serendipity. Um, oh, is that what serendipity means? Well, serendipity is like a chance encounter, I think. But it's, yeah. you, it could be a chance encounter with anything, not just a person. Um, mm. It's very serendipitous. But yeah, I see it that and everybody's stressed around, right? Mm-hmm. I look in the world so differently than other people because where I come from. So everything to me is like, oh my God, this is like amazing. And everybody, what do you mean amazing? It's horrible and this and that. And I'm like, oh, the things that I see now, you know, it doesn't matter the, 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 the struggle we go through with deep state and all that, because yes, uh, but things are already uh, sort of done and mm-hmm. and everything that's happening now is only to awaken people and whether that's like a, a less comfortable feeling for most of them actually almost it's very everybody. uncomfortable yeah for me not for me this is kind of heaven because because i know myself and i yeah. kind of i have this big the bird view eye where i literally see everything happen without even worrying about it you see and yeah. that's because where i came from my, my journey and and that makes it very very special and especially give me also some sort of an answer as to how i struggled when i came into this world not feeling at home not feeling one well not wanted but not accepted or like always from the outside looking in and now I feel like, hang on, this is my world now because I finally understand. Now I get to see, now everybody else is from the outside looking in, sort of feeling. It's amazing. That's I, beautiful. I yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned, um, you know, like this idea of like our DNA changing and all of that. And I feel like it's interesting. I'd love to hear your perspective on this. But the more in tuned I get with not just my own spiritual journey, but of course, like I've always been kind of tuned into my body and my health. And I've always been into alternative healthcare since I was like a late teenager. Um, But I've specifically noticed that I feel like my body's reversing its aging through the more I get involved in my own spirituality. You talked about spiritual development when we were pre-recording and we'll get into that um, because I think that's something that um, people don't understand like our intuitive developments, like we never develop our intuitive abilities. But before we just jump into that really quickly, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this idea of, you know, 5D age reversal. I absolutely, I don't, I don't give labels or names to it. However, I just know, I just know uh, that I look now 10 years younger. Uh, I look younger than 10 years ago, right? And with my development also with uh, doing detox going completely holistic and all those things um, I discovered that even well you know we are capable of healing ourselves because it's all here you know it's it's the placebo effect as you can call it because if you believe that you're going to grow old you will age if you, and I do absolutely believe in that. I always call myself like the Benjamin Button, uh, female Benjamin Button. I don't know, for whoever hasn't seen a movie, it's about like somebody that is born old and then goes to younger. Now, 
and I feel we can heal our bodies, yeah, with our minds in, in, in essence, if you're in tune with yourself, etc. The same counts for aging. And uh, obviously, it doesn't mean that you're going to sit back and do nothing and be all unhealthy and all that. You need to work on it. You know, nothing comes like falling out of the sky. However, I, I believe that your mental state and your intentions are crucial to the outcome of everything that you do. Because I, I read many books. And if you think about, you can train your body with your mind. And it's been proven through study. If you think about exercise, yeah, intensively, and I, I, I actually tested it out. And so I was just not doing anything, lying in bed, but in my mind, I was exercising, like, intensively well what do you know next day i had muscle pains you know so so that proved to me and the scientific scientifically it was already proven that it works that way that's when i i started actually becoming even more interested because then i thought wait a minute um the telomeres you know which is the part for those that don't know uh, uh, at the end of our dna that's also causing the aging because it starts to you call it fray fray they fray okay. and they shorten and then they get to a certain point where once they get to a certain point they just stop and the whole cell dies and that's what ca causes an aging of where you have these dead cells like exactly yeah. so it's not optimal anymore so when i learned about that uh, some years ago you know at the same time i started going all holistic i happened and this is another thing i bump always in stuff at the moment i need it you know always and so also this and as soon as i learned about it i thought okay so if i can do this with my muscles i can do this with my telomeres and therefore i just put these intentions in i always think about i'm not growing older i'm not you know and even um, you know, obviously, you, like I said before, you need to keep working on yourself, stay healthy and all that, because also that is a belief system, right? Mm -hmm. If you say like, oh, I eat unhealthy, that's not good for me. And that's something that's really deep within us, yeah? So I make sure that at least through my habits and the ways that I do things, eat and, and or exercise or detox, whatever, I always do it with the intention to get extra intention towards the mental aspect of changing your body telomeres cells whatever and and it works it works definitely yeah i'm, I'm yeah i've done i've done meditations with it too in fact you're you're inspiring me it's like because i've been wanting to do to create an actual telomere lengthening meditation for um well those in my alchemy group for sure but maybe even just to upload something to my channel um because it, it's it's so powerful the visual i wish like you know i just released a starseed snap out of it um video on sunday and i just wish people really started to grasp and i think many are but how powerful our intuitive abilities through our imagination the mind visualization how powerful that tool is and we've been taught to not use it or disbelieve in it and not give it enough um credibility or credence to that and I've literally healed my, some of the hardest health issues simply through meditation. And 
I can tell you, you don't even need meditation in essence. In the beginning, yes, you do because you know you need to get in tune with that. However, if you train yourself every day to make it a belief system, like we have a belief system of all, everything, right? Like, uh, well, I, I don't need to call examples because we all know it. And I made a belief system out of this. And therefore, I don't need to meditate because... For me, it's just the truth. It's a knowing. Yeah. And uh, another very you reprogrammed your subconscious. You took a you took a conscious belief and you programmed it in. Eventually, it embeds into the subconscious, and now it's in there. Exactly. And so you don't need the meditation. It's well in the beginning, maybe it helps. You know, to to start to to kickstart it. Yeah. The repetition is what matters, though, to finally make it. Well, that's it. And. Uh, Craig Braden was one of the, the ones that inspired me incredibly. And Joe Dispenza, who made yes. this book, who wrote, uh, you know, the, the placebo effect. It works with everything. It works with everything. You, you know, there was, uh, was it in that book where this man, they told him, uh, you have cancer, you're going to die in six months. Now, obviously, the man dies after six months. And they do an autopsy. Turns out he never had cancer. Now, that tells you everything you need to know. Because, and, and this is one case study. There are so many of those. Gosh, you know, this is so important. And this is why when people book readings with me, like tarot readings or anything like that, I don't like to tell them this is what's going to happen. No. I like, this is what's showing up right now in this current timeline. But you can change that. This is just information so that you see where your energy's at and where, how are you going to shift this? Because there are infinite outcomes and infinite probabilities. And this idea of like, when you go to someone, like for instance, I'll just say maybe someone's coming to me because they really trust me and they trust me as an authority, like in, in what I'm looking into. That should never supersede your own authority and belief system of what you are capable of achieving, creating, and changing. And that's so important. And I try to drive that home as much as I can because we are master creators. And and what you just spoke about defines that so well. Yeah. And also, I have a disclaimer here because... By no means am I completely healed. I still have angoraphobia. None of us are. <laughs> no, no, but you, you know, like some people, oh, but you still have angoraphobia. Yes, I do. It's not an easy thing to tackle. If you have it for 25 years, it becomes chronic. It becomes a belief system itself. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't even have to think about it. If I go outside, my body immediately reacts to it, you know? So yes, I do need to train that. And uh, yeah, I'm not very disciplined because once you're, uh, so used to live in your house and the lifestyle that I have, you know, I don't even bother going out because I'm happy in the way that I am. However, if I do want to get rid of it, I do have to train it, you know, mm-hmm. same with the antidepressants. I'm still on my last quarter. And so, um, that was my eighth attempt. I never got this far with getting rid of antidepressants. And so now I'm in the last quarter and now it's just a matter of deciding when I'm going to get, down of this last quarter and that I need to plan very, very meticulous because it's the dangerous drugs. Uh, you know, the worst part is this last part. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I'm working towards that. So it never ends, you know, and everybody has their own, like I said, some people work on this part 
well another one on that part and for others it works the other way around yeah and that makes it interesting because this is also how you learn from other people because they already did that path yeah you know absolutely well this has been so fascinating before we end i'd love to um talk about your intuition and your intuitive abilities how did you like okay so you come from a bit of an intuitive family you said your grandfather talk about your grandfather a bit well my grandfather was born in hong kong and uh, also from indonesian and swiss parents uh, he then uh, moved to Indonesia where he got to work. Uh, at the time we had the Dutch colonies and my grandmother was Indonesian and they met each other. And uh, although my grandfather was white, uh, the family didn't want them to be together because, you know, a status and all that, because my grandfather was from a diplomatic uh, side. My grandmother was actually from royal side and royal, I mean, in the Indonesian way, which is a different type of way, probably like they have in Africa. However, so um, they eloped to be with together and they stayed together for the rest of their lives, uh, madly in love too, which, which is a great example I have. However, my grandfather, who was very much paranormal and he could just move tables and, and stuff like that and he had no control sometimes over it it just happened you know? wait so he he had telekinetic abilities so he was moving things with his mind without even realizing it well he was very um religious yeah. and uh, uh catholic uh, however uh, if he would pray for example that cross would just go back and forth but he could also indeed you know just yeah move a table but my grandmother who was who grown up in indonesia where it is considered evil these things you know and so for her that was like don't do that don't do that so they my grandfather used to tease her constantly with these things and 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 this is why i've got all these different uh, religions in my family and different cultures which for me makes it so great because you learn to see everybody's belief system even coming out from religions and and cultures and so for me it was funny when my grandfather then tells told the stories about how he would tease my grandmother by having uh i don't know how he did that but like having the the, the table just move that's you know? so cute <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, and my grandmother would then go hysterical because you know, ooh, that's like you cannot have that. That's like evil, and and so for me, um, this is why I have a broad way of looking at things. You know, uh, when it comes to religions or uh, you know spirituality, for me, th there is only one divine being, and people call it God. Other people call it whatever the universe. Uh, but for me, I know it's all the same. It's all one and the same. Mm -hmm. It's just interpreted differently. Yeah. And with some, there are different belief systems. However, so knowing that growing up, I already felt inside because my grandfather telling these stories uh, scared me because somehow intuitively I knew I had the same capabilities. And so I immediately closed that off because I was very anxious and anxiety as you know, what life. abilities came up for you instantly that you knew like, oh, I want to shut this down. Like, what was it exactly? Um, nothing. It was only the knowing. Okay. So That's I, not nothing. Well, yeah, but I instantly closed it down. Mm -hmm. Now, I just told you about the healing I had, yeah, where I was like, chain. So then I had a healing with Eric Rains. 
Uh, oh, Eric's wonderful. I love Eric. I found him obviously through that community and I was desperate because I fell back into this. Well, at a certain point you do get used to a certain freedom that you already gained, but then you start to, you know, finding there is much more. There is something holding me down constantly. And so I had a session with him actually too. And he said, Oh my God. He said, your, your whole body is completely enveloped with, with, entities like parasites to keep you from your potential and so what he did that moment the the taking away from these parasites that were it exactly the right chakras and all the points where you know you open up and mm -hmm. you just and so the moment it happened i i i won't forget that one anytime soon he said to me Take a mirror, look at your eyes. I looked in the mirror, my eyes changed color. It, I looked at something that was so open. The power I felt at that moment when he took that away was not terrifying. It was beautiful. It was so powerful. And so he told me, he said, what I see now, I've never seen in my life. He said, you, your energy reach is so, so wide that somehow, I don't know how that works, you know, entities and all that closed you off immediately as a child. So you couldn't use it to begin with. And, and at that moment, I realized that was the truth because what I, he said, and I felt it, he said, you can literally set stuff on fire with your energy. And it was true because I felt it. I mean, everything was just heating up and, and it was, I mean, at a certain point I had this experience with telekinesis. So I, I knew I had that, but then I started using it for healing, you know, but obviously since I was still also in the process of my own healing, I didn't want to practice it because um, I do feel that if you're not well completely in your own energy yet, you shouldn't be doing that, you know? So um, I want to have the full potential first before I start practicing that. And so, and, and also I need extensive protection for myself in order to do all that because, you know, I'm not a masochist, so I don't want to fall back in something that I just came out from. And so I'm, I'm very careful with these things, you know, you need to know what you're doing. However, that feeling of that power energetically, like, and he said, you read, usually people reach about, um, I can only express it in, in, in meters, mm -hmm. you know, so they can reach around like over with their aura yeah like a five meter span you see you you're, you're arriving at 750 kilometers like beyond beyond and i knew this so i started also using it for healing like areas mm -hmm. you know where there's a lot of um yeah things going on crisis and all that however i haven't done anything with that lately anymore also because i've been focused on all the stuff that you know well, my channel, for example, yeah. but, but I definitely know in the future something, you know, that, that will come to the forefront again. And, uh, because it's there, you know, I just know. Wow. It's just, I, I'm getting chills through my whole body right now. Uh, because I, 
again, I, I really want this message to hit home with all the listeners and anyone who's watching to know that you came here because you have skills that are needed on this planet that go far beyond what I think any of us can humanly right now in our present mind frame can conceive. And I, you know, what you're just talking about this idea with being able to start fire and just with your energy, like put to me, I, I totally see it. It's, it's very obvious to me. And I feel like there's so many things that all of us are capable of doing and it's all been dumbed down because absolutely. Well, we all know why, because I don't even need to say it, but Oh, everyone, please just start stepping up to the plate. Start unleashing your ability. Start getting to do your healing work because the healing is so imperative to unleashing the intuitive abilities because it's the pain, it's the fear, it's the trauma that holds everything back down. It's why they traumatize us. It's why we're traumatized so that we can access our gifts. So you heal, you get access to your gifts, and then you start developing them. Intuitive development over and over. You know, like, and, and, much like you, my intuition has really kind of skyrocketed in the last little while, particularly in the last few months. It seems like since COVID started, which is really yeah. weird. Yeah, um, yeah. Energies, yeah. energies. And yeah, and I, and I just, you know, I, the, now that I'm starting to really recognize it and trust it, it's building faster. It's building faster. More is coming in and more is becoming available. But you didn't trust it before? I would trust a little bit, but I always doubted. Like, who doesn't doubt themselves? You know, everyone who's intuitive doubts themselves. Actually, the only thing I did trust was my intuition, not my thoughts, not my uh, surroundings, not nothing. The only thing I can trust. This is also interesting because I recognize, for example, you know, they call uh, people that are uh, black hats and they think they're white hats. And I'm like, immediately, imme instantly, everything. And I'm never wrong. You know, I just know. And and, and this is probably what I subconsciously developed, overdeveloped as well. But now I start using it, actually, although I didn't know it. However, this is another interesting thing, the whole starseed thing, yeah, that came up. And, and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. I mean, starseed or not, uh, I'm still unhappy. I, uh, what can I do with it, etc. right? Yeah. All, all I know is I'm not feeling safe on this planet. You know, that was my whole thought all along. And I, I'm just confused and I don't get it. I don't understand it. I know I cannot just kill myself because that wouldn't do it because I'm here for a reason. I knew that too, somehow in the back of my mind. Now, my last session I had uh, brought everything home. Uh -huh. And that was with, um, oh man, I've got her name. That's really bad. But she lives around the corner with me. But she works a lot in America as well, in these uh, Mount Shasta events with Eric Rains as well. And uh, she does a sort of channeling. Now, I never had anything with that. But since she was around the corner and I don't dare to go anywhere, I thought, you know what? I'm going to do a session with her because somehow I felt I had to do it. So I go there. And she literally lives here, but she's always in America. And she happened to be there that week. And so she booked this session with, I booked a session with her, yeah? And so um, she, what she does is she channels from beings from some planet. Uh, um, she, even that I forgot. Anyway, I will get to that. But, um, and so what happens is I lie on this uh, thingy and so, uh, what she says is at a certain point, these beings taking over to heal you. 
and uh, and they will start healing those parts that really need attention at this point yeah so that happens and at a certain point i'm kind of in a hypnosis and i know there are beings because she pretty much vanished in that state of mind where i was and all of a sudden i get to see and who knew that i was even interested or thinking of it or whatever i get to see my star family i always thought that a bit ridiculous when people said that right and it happens and i started crying because for the first time in my life i felt like being home however we had a telepathic connection and all i needed was to look at them and and i got this you know all i had this thing and instantly my whole life made sense everything the reason why i was born the reason why i was here all of a sudden i knew i could trust what i saw right there and that was uh, this everything every single day second of my life had a purpose and uh, the, the whole lessons i needed to learn but also where i'm headed and that it's okay to be here it's it's just because i was brought here and because i had a mission and uh, yeah you need to go through that whole human 3d stage in order to uh, have. so that session was i think it was now 2 years ago that was the moment uh, everything just fell into place and for the first time i felt like oh so it's okay to be here i mean it there's a point that i'm here and see, ever since i started i accepted that i'm here Wow. And that's only 2 years ago, you know? <laughs> that's so fascinating. Yeah. I love that and I actually started to get teary-eyed when you talked about your um star family and seeing them. That was like something I have never felt in my life here since I live and um something like it was literally like coming home. And now I was listening to somebody on 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 youtube and uh well there happened to be as well a, a reading they did and oh my gosh i had this she said um you are here uh to now uh, you know be um will you say that to accomplish your mission and and for uh, you are actually to now you you can belong now you can belong you belong all you have to do is know that you belong and i swear i had the same thing yesterday these tears because i thought oh my god i didn't realize it but for the first time in my life 50 years and i'm going to be 51 in 9 days and for the first time in my life i know that i can have that sense of belonging you know and that Well, I guess that's what it's all I all did it for, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sorry, I'm just getting a little emotional. <laughs> Because there's there's a few people like on this planet that well there's two people in particular who feel like my home when I'm with them. And one of them I know is Pleiadian. and always i just feel so at home with 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 them and i know they're my family and then um one is is like my best friend lisa who used to do the show with me 
And it's, it is definitely a feeling that I think is void for a lot of us yes. throughout the majority of our life. Yeah, that gives me goosebumps because I know, I now know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I know, I know, and, and that, I don't know if you had the same experience that when, when you, I don't even know where they come from. I think something Orion, whatever. And it doesn't even matter because I'm here in the now in this planet, right? So it's, that is not important right now. But that feeling of indeed coming home, but the real meaning of family. Mm-hmm. that i never had that mm-hmm. although yes of course i love my sister i love her that but this goes beyond and did you feel that same thing sorry for the people it's getting dark here i'm in a different time zone so uh, but yeah did, did you have when you for the first time experienced that did you have that same there is it's a comfort level of um It's a comfort level of just knowing that you're fully accepted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's, almost, it's, it's just, there's a sense of safety. Uh, there's a bit of remembrance um, yes. of what it's really all about. And it's a connection that is very difficult to, to find here um, on this planet. And I'm not saying that none of us will, but I do believe that it's part of our mission to, to build that connection and to expand that connection. And especially when we look at, you know, family values in our, in today's time and how destruct destroyed they've been, the, the family value system has been completely destroyed. And it would be, you know, when I think about when you talked about your um, grandfather and your grandmother and how they were madly in love with one another and all that, you know, we don't see that in today's life very much at all anymore. You know, it's very, very rare. And I have to believe that part of that is due to the disconnection of the family values and really being there for one another and working with one another in like a system that is just, I got your back, you got my back and just this taking care. Uh, We were so self-absorbed and, and, um, disconnected from things and so distracted by like devices, um, sports, uh, entertainment, like whatever it is, you know, anything to distract you. And I think one of the things that would be really powerful for this planet is for um, us to take those connections. If you do find them, if you know, if you're lucky enough to have some of those connections in your life where you feel that home, or even if you're feeling that connection with your star family, like you were talking about, uh, if you feel like if you can feel that connection, build it, start building, like how do you transfer that into a human connection? Well, you say something interesting there because my grandparents, indeed, they were like in love. They were like my grandfather, even in their, in their 80s you know he would dance with her he would and then she had a stroke so he would brush her hair even do her makeup and all these things you know and uh, he was heartbroken obviously when 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 she died but like till the very end the way he talked to her everything was that was for me and the funny thing is because you say that i always knew deep inside that exists you know that that, that ultimate connection with somebody even deeper than my grandparents probably had because you know they come from a different generation etc but maybe they they did know but you couldn't talk about it I don't know however I always knew and the reason I never married 
all had children consciously. I did lose the child, but um, I, I believe that all was because, well, no, I don't believe it is like that. It's because I only aim for the highest. Without that, I don't, it's like, why would you go for less? Why mm -hmm. would you settle for less? And yeah. that never, I never ever understood this my whole life from looking at other people around. So for me, um, of course I had, you know, dysfunctional relationships, etc. But I would never take it to that level besides the institution marriage for me, you know, is not... Um, the way it is supposed to be, I guess. Uh, and that's another belief system. However, um, I think there is this connection you can have with somebody on a soul level, mm -hmm. on a level that is beyond. And, and that's what I had. And, and there are multiple of those, obviously, like I had with my ex. Only that purpose was, was fulfilled, but he's now my best friend, mm -hmm. you know. And, but the relationship purpose was fulfilled. And so that's fine. It's okay. You know, the reason he's my best friend, because we both knew the purpose is done. It's fine. It's okay. Now we can be friends. We never had fights, actually. It was just a knowing. Mm -hmm. And so I know that he's kind of a soul family then in, in that sense, right? But I do believe we do have that soul connection as well when it comes to relationship. And I think nobody should settle for less than that, that. Yeah. And I think that's what's happened is like, I think a lot of people have settled uh, just because the system teaches us or pressures us, I should say, to do things by a certain time at a certain age, by a certain milestone. Like there's all these especially like- in America, especially- so, yeah. 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 And for me personally, like I've, I've experienced great love. Uh, and so I know what it feels like and I won't settle for anything less than that. It's no. just, if it's not there, move on. Because once you once you kind of experience it and you know what that feels like, you can't. Why would you downgrade, right? Ah, you just can't. Like, no, you can't. And, and this is another thing, and many people are afraid of being alone, but that's because they never worked on themselves to begin with. So they feel alone because they are empty, you know? And, and, and so they think, I need somebody else to complete me. No, you are complete the way you are. If anything, a relationship should add to your completion. So you, you, you both become even more than that. You know? An extension. <laughs> An extension. And, but, but, uh, and I learned that quite, uh, it's funny because I, I, I never downgrade, you know, in, in relationships because it's a learning process there too, right? You, you only know what you don't want after you had it, you know? And so for me, that is so essential. And yet so many people out of loneliness and not seeing that the loneliness doesn't come from the fact that you don't have a relationship, but it comes from the fact that you are empty inside. If you do not fill that up, there is no man or woman in the world that will give you that feeling. Only you can do that. Yeah. You know? And I feel too, like, and we talked about this when Journey to Truth was on, 
that um, you can only know someone as well as you know yourself. And that means that if you don't know what your true love is for yourself, you'll never be able to know that kind of love with someone else. Mm -hmm. No, it's like saying, if you don't love yourself, how can you love somebody else? Mm -hmm. Right? But you've got no place to come from to give it (laughs) or feel it, you know, like there's, there's, there's no reception place. So absolutely. Plus you attract exactly that with the state that you're in. And I, I, that's another thing when I look back and analyze my relationship, I'm like, it was deserved because, you know, I attracted it. And so those are all lessons that we learn. But um, I think now is the time where people start slowly realizing this. And maybe we are just lucky that we were always in tune with these things in some way or another and that we learned this much more quickly than most people do. And, and I guess, yeah, there's a reason for that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I just, I, this has been a really great conversation. I personally think the audience should like it, (laughs) if not love it. This has been so fascinating. I loved how you just really shared your story. Your story is fascinating. You've overcome so much. And, you know, although we can say, oh, we're not completely healed, the version of you is very much healed from the version like before. And it's always progress, not perfection that we're striving for, right? Well, it never ends, right? If you, I think, I believe firmly that people are supposed to live hundreds of years. I think we are only getting to infancy uh, compared to, what it is supposed to be. Yeah. So how how do we get to develop ourselves? If, if only given so much time that's so limited. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we've got to really break free of that. And yeah. I feel like, you know, when you're talking about um this belief system, whatever, and I for me, I've always I've always held the belief of I'm not really gonna age hard <laughs> because I, me personally, I looked at my parents and my mom always looked so young, right? And I was like, I got the genes. I'm good. I'm not even worried about it. And so I kind of had this subconscious program that I'm like, I'm just not going to age. I, I totally know I'm not. But, but part of it too, when I think about it, I'm like, I had half the story. My genetics, yes, play a part. And I know that Joe Dispenza talks about this and how genetics only play a very small portion of it. However, mm. however you can pull things into your DNA. You can download stuff into your DNA. You can literally work it like it's an artistic masterpiece of um, eternal youth. Yes. To, and I'm not saying it's just because you want to be vain and you want to look young. Like, come on, let's face it. The more youthful you are, the more enjoyable life is for you. The more you can do, the more you can engage. And you know, your uh, appearance, the physical stuff is just a bonus. It also extends, obviously, to your mental capabilities yeah. and, and all that, you know. So, so that is essential as well uh, in aging. You know, it's not only about the looks. It's about also uh, staying fit, uh, being alert. Well, I'm as alert as can be, you know. However, uh, you're right, you know. It's, it's um, uh, the genes thing. I always use that. Yeah. When people say, Oh, you look so much younger than you. I use it because uh, how are you going to explain that? Right. Mm-hmm. How, how are you going to explain? No, because my mindset is like that. And then, and so it is, but many people don't comprehend the deep, the, the depth of that meaning. And so 
I don't even bother explaining that because you know, while you're in the process of healing, whatever, you can always touch upon that individually mm-hmm. with people, you know, and until then, I, I just say, you know, it's genes and it's healthy eating. It is obviously as well, but that's just a tiny part of it. Yeah, it really is. There's so much we have to learn. There's so much we could work with. We're really just still in kindergarten in many ways. <laughs> true, true. I believe yeah. that. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Please let the audience know where they can find you and contact you if they'd like to get in touch. Um, I'm on Twitter, uh, very fanatically uh, sharing the Q stuff, which is um, Dutch Warrior uh, TKC. Um, and it's like, uh, well, maybe you can write it in your description. And um, on the channel, the Keystone channel, where I now start to, you know, uh, share stuff about healing and and yeah, expanding on that on the Wednesdays. And then on the Mondays, I have more like, um, uh, you know, the Great Awakening, how to deal with that, how to, you know, how yeah. to navigate it, let's say. Perfect. So, yeah. And That's- do you have a website yet? No, no, I'm, uh, I'm in the process because uh, I'm still on welfare. I'm not, uh, you know, uh, able financially to even start things like that. So uh, through my donations of my channel, I, um, you know, have the plan to, and then obviously pull other people in there have different healing modalities. So everybody has access to get some form of healing that fits them, you know? And so, uh, yeah, that's the idea. Beautiful. Well, I'm so glad that we connected and then I got you on the channel. I love this conversation. It was so nice. And I'll have to have you back on again soon. Absolutely. Thank I you love so it. much. I love it. Yeah. You, and you, because you made me actually think of a lot of things that I'm like, hey, wait a minute, I haven't thought of that in a long time. So it's great always to have these talks, you know? It, uh, yeah, I totally agree. You know, it's like you could hear something a thousand times and it's like that thousand and one time you hear it, you're like, oh. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much. And thank you to the audience for being here with me again. I love you guys so much. And we'll be back with you next week. Thank you all for joining our show. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If any of you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests that you would like to hear on our show, please email that information to us at info at enlightenup.us or send us a voice message using the Anchor app. There's a super cool feature on there that allows you to send us a message or ask us a question with a touch of a button right from the app. And please continue to support us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you haven't checked out Nicole's channel on YouTube yet, head on over there for some more insight from her, or you can visit her website, inflexibleme.com, where you can book a personal coaching session or a tarot reading, watch some of her most informative videos, or you can sign up for her newsletter. And if you're interested in some light language healing, head to my YouTube channel, lisaloveslove.com, or send me an email to lisa at lisaloveslove.com to inquire about your own personal reading. Thank you again for joining us and supporting us, and we'll be back with you all next week.